The views expressed on this podcast represent only those of the hosts and do not represent the views of the Student National Medical Association. The annual membership drive is here again. Join SNMA in highlighting your SNMA experience and journey in medicine. SNMA would love to spotlight you on our social media platforms. There are three ways you can be featured. Head to SNMA's Instagram page at SNMA underscore official and look for the SNMA membership drive posts. Scan the QR code and fill out one, two, or all three of these forms to participate. to SNMA Presents The Lounge. Whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or just lounging around at home, get ready to join SNMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. I am Erica Dingle, and one thing I am looking forward to in the month of August is actually kicking it with some of my girlfriends from college in Cape May and their kitties. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That's so cute. Yes. Uh, Hey guys, I'm student Dr. Isabella. Um, And what I'm looking forward to this month, a couple things. I will say one, I'm looking forward to attending my girl on Dean's birthday party. That should be fun. Getting Mm -hmm. to be reunited with the host, with our audio engineer, with some other people from our team. So I'm excited for that. Um, And also I think just like, taking more taking a break before I kind of start my research year in September because I am taking a year off um, because you know this school has burnt me out to a crisp so I need to recalibrate and get myself back together so yeah that's what I'm looking forward to this month um, yeah yeah so anyway you guys know what time it is for our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address pressing matters of the day. In this segment of the show, we'll be discussing some recent events in medicine and beyond affecting our communities and the populations we serve. So let's go ahead and run this list, Erica. It's only the women today. It's just yes. it's just us. Unfortunately, it's we don't have ladies night. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> is tight. Um, we miss I like you this all, we do, yes. we do. Your voice would be reverberating right now, like through the through the recording, <laughs> probably overshadowing <laughs> both of us. But you know, it's a <laughs> I can't. It's all jokes, all when you know we love you and we do it's miss you. All jokes. Yes. We do yes. miss you. What's up? It's your boy. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a signature, you know, you can't you can't forget it. So I'm like, you know what? Like we're you're definitely gonna be missed. But I think this is a different energy, it's a different vibe, and I'm excited to get into it so yes to start off this is the biggest elephant in the room um it has it's shocked me personally as somebody who has benefited from such a legislation uh, legislation um the mm-hmm. end of affirmative action um yeah i think that is just i don't even know how to put into words like how i felt when that ruling came from the supreme court like six to three they ruled that they were going to stop race-based admissions into universities and colleges. You know, there's a lot I could say on it, but I want to hear your thoughts, Erica, because I feel like I want there to be a balance in how we kind of articulate our opinions and our feelings about what happened. So yes, I would like you to to start on 
how you feel about it. Of course, it's trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so since 1978, the court has allowed colleges and universities to consider the race of applicants, right? Mm-hmm. So that decision was reaffirmed repeatedly mm-hmm. until currently. Um, mm-hmm. And when you consider like statistics of women generally outnumbering men in higher Mm -hmm. education institutions and particularly women of color um, earning 64% of bachelor's degrees, 72% Mm. of master's degrees, 66% of doctoral, medical, and dental degrees. Okay. And this is according to the American Association of University Women. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just... It, and let me not forget our Latina and Latino populations, um, right. which are about 27% compared with 21% of Latinos. But right. it's it's terrible. And furthermore, the people that I personally think benefited from affirmative action the most, like when we consider this came from Harvard, right? I think that's mm-hmm. where this issue really kind of came from. We had these yes. two Asian Americans, perhaps, or maybe, yeah, I think they were Asian Americans that came Mm -hmm. up with this lawsuit. And, you know, we're not the ones, people of color, the African Americans, Latinos, we're not the ones that are benefiting at these higher level institutions. We're not. So I think it's horrible, but I will say Black people, people of color, continue to do your thing because- we are able to step up to the plate and outperform, continue to outperform. Yes. This is another hurdle that we have to get across. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've been met with adversity on all fronts for centuries. So it's not like, it's not like this is going to stop us. Oh, it's not. It's not not going to stop the universities either because the way those numbers are looking, who they're going to look so racist. They're going (laughs) to look so racist. Like when I tell you the way their numbers, the, Hand on affirmative action they're gonna look crazy so i'm like they're gonna have either they're gonna have to find a loophole to trying to increase and bolster their black and brown numbers or they're just gonna have to continue to like not have any black or brown people in their schools i mean those are the two options i'm seeing um and i'm just wondering like what happened to legacy-based admissions like what happened to people who have a lot of money or have connections who then get into these schools why haven't we targeted that like why is it all this focus oh. on affirmative action when usually it's actually legacy kids who benefit more in these scenarios but somehow once again like i said you know selective amnesia especially when it comes to white people that's right just, you know so it's it's crazy to me and it's like there's so many things the supreme court could have addressed they could have addressed gun control laws because there's still schools being sh- shot up to this day people so much scream, you know police brutality like we are suffering from so many things but out of all the issues you guys thought to address you said oh yeah affirmative action that is such a big issue i just i'm 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 embarrassed so anyway yeah you gave a very good um layout i think of kind of what the issue is with that ruling and kind of how and even talking about the background i think it's sad that it's asian americans Mm -hmm. that decided to put that like why why like we're not you know, it, it kind of plays into the role of how white people try to even pit other minorities against, against each other. Like, each other. why? You know, yeah. like, what was the point of that? So, girl, you know, it's... um, And their last situation. names, their last names will be seen on applications. So, like, don't think that you aren't above all of this, you know? Right. <laughs> At the end of the right. day. Right. Exactly. Um, but that is, that's terrible for... Mm-hmm 
college students, black people overall, but one thing that I think might help us moving forward, those of us in exorbitant amounts of debt, Mm -hmm. it seems like the Biden administration has launched a new plan for um, loan repayment. And yes, I I'm hoping we'll see because the last time we talked about this and we got Aldman on board to say actually Uncle Joe and not to say Biden. Um, it, it, it kind of fell through our fingertips. So, right. This new program that's been launched, um, it's called the save student loan repayment plan. And Mm -hmm. there's been a beta application that's been launched and save stands for saving on a valuable education, which is also an income driven repayment plan that may help borrowers, um, cut their previously previous excusing monthly bills in half Mm -hmm. so a win i guess but not really like we want these loans gone period (laughs) just take them away listen listen like we really need these loans gone and i think that um like you said it is income based and apparently i believe it's only for those who are working or middle class loan borrowers they get a cap of 20k based on their income and so to be eligible first and foremost you if you're an individual you can't make more than 125k a year and if you're a married couple you can't make more than 250k a year um if you got a pell grant you would then be eligible and you fit the income requirements you would then be eligible for the 20k full but if you didn't get a pell grant but you fit the income requirements you get just 10k so you know like it's it's a cute start it's a cute start i mean i would have liked to see (laughs) I would like to see a little bit more. <laughs> I'm taking I like that. As, it's a cute start. <laughs> it would have been nice if it was a little bit more, but I think that given now that I see how the Supreme Court moves and how it just seems that like Biden right now, I do not know if the team in which he works with and those in their other positions, if they're really on the same page, that's kind of what I'm realizing right now. It's like this man was upset about the affirmative action ruling, but yet mm-hmm it happened anyway. So it's making me realize, I don't know how much, you know, everybody, the legislative, judicial and executive branch, I don't know if they're all working together in, in um, synchrony right now. So I think if he got, it it can't be right. Like, I think that if he got anything like able, like anything regarding student loan repayment actually enacted, that's a good first step. And hopefully Mm -hmm. there is more to come. So that is kind of like how I feel. And just a little um, tidbit for our listeners. You have until December 31st of this, my birthday of this year to apply. So um, I would say if you believe that, (laughs) if you believe that you are um, eligible and you fit the requirements, go ahead and apply because you can get at least a little bit of the money shaved off. Maybe you don't even have that many loans. So that could like take away everything for you. Who knows? But yeah, you have until the end of this year to apply. Um, definitely applying <laughs> yes girl listen get your coins I, if all was here you know all would have been he would have been applied gotten whatever money because this <laughs> man has been on joe biden's case he has been on his case about this money okay mm-hmm. so at least something uh came of it um yeah so anyway i guess like we're we've talked about all this legislative you know things both good and both bad and i think now it's time to get into the the, the medical you know, jargon of our show. I mean, this is a medical podcast, correct, Erica? So this is kind of, sure this is, this is what we do. So we have to get into some of the medical aspect. And one of the most notable things that have actually happened pretty recently regarding a very famous basketball player's son, mm-hmm. LeBron James, Bronny James um, is what he goes by. He experienced a cardiac arrest mm-hmm. recently while training. Um, 
it's just funny that this like happened. It actually was published around July 26th on CNN.com. So still fairly recent. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's actually pretty significant that it happened like like kind of around now because I actually just had um, a cousin who passed away from the same kind of situation. Mm. Also similar to Bronny, an athlete. He was he wasn't like a basketball player, but he was like a weight trainer. Um, mm. And so kind of like passed for what we believe to be a similar situation. And so I'm interested in this story because I think that it speaks to athletes who experience um, sudden, sudden cardiac arrest or sudden cardiac death. Mm-hmm. And it's actually like a real thing. Um, and so I, I'm I'm just very intrigued about what happened in that situation and could, what could have caused it for Bronny James. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah. the, the thing. I, a couple of things, because I've been seeing, you know, social media, now that we have access to seeing everything, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of, oh, this is happening too much. I mean, I think any amount of these types of instances is too much, but years ago this was happening this is definitely something that happens amongst athletes right um i'm not sure in terms of race whether it's more in black athletes or white athletes or other races of athletes but this is happening and the stats have actually not increased as the years go on Um, right it's pretty much on par like there's no spike in the amount of these instances of Mm -hmm. uh, cardiac arrest in college athletes Mm -hmm. is pretty much stayed or remained across the years it's just social media now is more public or allowing us to see it more Um, There was a study published at the Mayo Clinic Health System earlier this year, and sudden cardiac arrest is the leading cause of death in young athletes. And this Mm -hmm. incidence of sudden cardiac arrest in the general population is one in every Mm 1,000, while the incidence for young athletes is reported to be much more rare, roughly one or two for every 100,000 and Mm -hmm. men's basketball players are unfortunately at the highest risk of suffering sudden cardiac arrest in um, among all demographics. Right. And, you know, Bronny, um, he's what, 18 years old, about to go to USC. So we don't know, like maybe he was really working out super hard. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays you have access to pre-workout, which Mm -hmm. contains caffeine and other stimulants to kind of get you juiced and going. So hopefully, you know, I I think the main issue is there's testing that's just not done unless there's a problem, right? Like you're not going to go to a cardiologist at 16 17 18 unless it's required um or unless you have a pre-existing condition usually maybe in Bronny's case he he will go because he has lebron james as his father right exactly um, but you know like in the inner city i i had a co-worker whose son passed away from this at 17 he went up went for a layup mm-hmm. and then that was it literally right. collapsed on the floor and right. you know he's gone right so it's definitely something that occurs more more often than we think we but i know. do yeah it i don't think this is a side effect of covid um mm-hmm. although we right. know my, myocarditis can be um a side effect of the covid vaccine but i don't mm-hmm. think this is the number one culprit right um there haven't been any studies to determine that either Mm -hmm. so i just think people need to pump their brakes on where they're pointing their fingers and realize Mm -hmm. 
this is just something it's been happening and right. now because of the internet you all are experts right so-called exactly um, you know so yeah and i think like and i'm glad you pointed that out that there's so many potential causes that could lead to cardiac death or car or sudden cardiac arrest in a young athlete mm -hmm. it could be the fact that is it pre-workout is it steroids is it mm -hmm. um something called that I just found out um, as I was doing a little bit of research, uh, commotion cords, Cordy, mm -hmm. which I never heard about before, but apparently some NFL player by the name of DeMar Hamlin um, had a similar incident of sudden cardiac arrest. And it's basically just mm -hmm. due to severe trauma of the chest that disrupts kind of the heart's electrical charge and then causes these very dangerous fibr fibrillations. So mm -hmm. those are like some of the things or that or it could be like hypotrophic cardiomyopathy um when you when your heart muscle gets really really thick and then that leads to it not being able to pump efficiently so there's so many mm -hmm. things that could cause, and that is actually like a congenital it could be something that runs in the family or it could be something that probably develops over time because of all the workouts so those are there's so many things that could cause it and so i think it is like you said a miss just attributed oh we're gonna say it's covid because that's the only thing that's that we we know has been new in the past couple right. one to two years so we're just gonna say covid like no we're not doing that and <laughs> i think that and i also think that like it's we need to also think about what are some of the things we need to look out for the dangers that we need to look out for regarding sudden cardiac arrest what are the signs right mm -hmm. some of the signs i would say i want to speak to like the signs that I know that Ronnie said he had, the signs that I heard that my cousin had before he passed, like it's usually pretty much the same thing. Chest pain, shortness of breath. Sometimes you have mm -hmm. some sweats. Some some people complain of dizziness. And so I think these are just important things to note because there's probably some of our listeners who are also athletes um, mm -hmm. and who maybe have had these similar symptoms and they want to know, well, what are the things that I can look out for to be cautious of something like this occurring to me? And so I think it's also important to note that as well. Yep. Also, kudos and shout out to um, these medical professionals that are like there and present mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because even like with Damar Hamlin, with now Bronny, we see that they jump into action, like immediate action. And I think right. that is so amazing. Also, listen, AEDs are necessary. Like, period. If people don't have them at their institutions, their their businesses, like this is something that could save someone's life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'd encourage people to definitely go ahead and hop on that bandwagon. It can only yep. help in the long term. Hundred yeah. percent. So, um, kind of speaking to, we're still on this medical path. We're still on these medical topics, and. We've, we've, we've touched on the cardiac pathologies. And I think we also need to talk about some of the mental um, struggles, mental health uh, struggles that we can face, our listeners can face, and even other celebrities are facing, Ari Lennox being one. Um, mm -hmm. She was recently vulnerable about her sobriety journey um, on her Instagram page. She posted it like uh, about maybe late July. And she said at that point she had reached seven months sobriety. She kind of talked and touched on alcoholism and how she didn't really, she didn't have full control over her life because of her alcohol, alcoholism and was able to reach this point where she's gone without alcohol and feels stronger, feels better, feels more control of herself. And I think that's really important, to, important to note because med students like physicians pre-meds like residents let's not forget about residents because i think they, they right. really really go through it um these are 
This touches onto how substance abuse can develop in periods of intense stress. Ari mm-hmm. Lennox is an artist who at the time was really at getting to the pinnacle of her career. She was like making deals with soundtracks for movies. She was like on J. Cole's label doing very well. And I'm sure those things could have played a role into her kind of using alcohol as a tool um, to cope. And she did touch on that and also said how she realized that there were certain triggers like her having to travel by herself that led her to consume alcohol. And she realized that she needs to just acknowledge that these are the things that are scary for her. Instead of using alcohol, she can reach out to somebody and say, hey, like, can you travel with me? So I think in the similar sense for people like people in the health professions, sometimes we do self-medicate. Um, I'm not speaking at least to myself, but I know that there's a lot of people who find other ways to self-medicate to cope with these intense stressors. And so, yeah, I think I'm I'm happy that somebody like Ari Lennox with her platform decided to share that because it then gives a voice to other people who feel like they can't really talk about those things. Right. Yeah, that that's something that we don't always see um, people in the public eye going going on their platforms or having mm-hmm. these discussions. Um, mm-hmm. She's not the only one that's struggling. I'm sure there are other, plenty of other artists right. that have this struggle. And, you know, that first step is acknowledgement. So the fact that she right. actually acknowledged what she's going through in this public, like it could help save somebody else's struggle. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, I, I wonder how, how many communities are actually impacted by alcohol addiction and abuse specifically though like in that arena of show business you know because that's that's all they're around you go to a party it's alcohol and drugs and Mm -hmm. it's just it's I don't know that the industry has ever been without it so again kudos to her for taking a stand and actually being vocal about it and hopefully it'll push others towards feeling safe with regards to coming forward you know mm-hmm. with their issues and their struggles mm-hmm. um because we know i i've said it to y'all plenty of times i don't know if it's post pandemic if 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 the pandemic did not occur if we would be on the same trajectory but right. folks have gone plum full um and have completely lost it it seems like we're in a society that will do any and everything for attention um and the the bigger issue is we have real issues in the united states that people seem to want to make a mockery of in their decision making and what i mean Mm. by that when you consider the amount of black women that are missing in the United right. States, right? Uh, whether right. it's by kidnapping or otherwise, as of 2022, I'm sure these mm-hmm. stats have increased mm-hmm. more than two, uh, more than 546,000 people were reported missing, right? Including more than 271,000 of those being women, and then nearly right. 98,000 of those cases were black women and girls. Right. And then you have Miss Carly Russell mm. who <laughs> decided mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and I'm certain this was, a, you know, something with her mental health, mm-hmm. decided to go missing for days on end. Yeah. Have a team search for her, including the mother of another woman who was i don't remember if it's kidnapped but she was never found Mm. you have experts out here 
the whole of the United States of America on alert looking for a black woman. When does that ever happen? We've had discussions on the show about, Mm. remember that, that other white girl was missing and it was like, we didn't hear about anything else for anything else on end. Yep. And the one time we actually have the world or I'm sure it made it outside of the United States mm-hmm. because of how popular it was. We have this young lady who kidnapped herself. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just <laughs> I I'm so confused by that. And it's like, sis, why you do that to your moms though? Like you could have given her you could have sent her into early cardiac like why why you know it's 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 crazy because like i remember my friend sending it to me when it first happened um Mm -hmm. and she was like oh yeah you know this is this is so sad i said yeah yeah i'm gonna be praying for the for her and the family then like a couple days later i hear like some police report saying how like he started describing everything that happened saying they looked into the footage there was no baby like let i, I kind of i don't want to say the whole thing because I, I don't know if we have the the actual like time to flesh everything out um i don't want to bore our listeners but i will say like to kind of summarize um miss carly russell decided to call up authorities stating that she was at some highway some desert mm-hmm. desolate highway and there was some red i don't know if it was a blue haired or sorry blonde haired or red-headed baby walking down i-90 whatever and that the though. you know it was a baby saying he looks like he's about two or three that's what she said on the phone call um that there was no other person around that mm-hmm. the baby was walking up and mind you let's think about uh, milestones right someone who's two or three walking all the way up and down a highway okay that was the first red flag but we're not gonna you know so then um the the she says she's gonna stay near the baby until authorities come they don't find they don't find her they find her car and inside of her car is her wig and some other all i remember is the wig the wig stuck out to me i said okay so you Mm -hmm. you (laughs) i bought the things that got left behind when you quote unquote got kidnapped your wig somehow flew off okay so the (laughs) wig was was on the car seat as some other miscellaneous items and she was missing quote unquote so two days pass and all of a sudden they say she's home safe and sound carly gave her own account of the situation it's very suspicious in terms of what she said. All I remember is her stating that she was fed uh, Cheez-Its by the host family. <laughs> <laughs> that stuck out to me. Like, it was all these red flags. And, like, she mm. somehow ran away and escaped their wrath. So, you know, it's it's very good for primetime television. But for real life, it wasn't okay. adding up. Um, so I, I, I really want to ask you, Erica, like, how do you believe that this situation is going to cut like how is it going to affect black women moving forward when we get kidnapped because like i don't we don't have do we have a foundation anymore like do we have <laughs> anything to stand on at this point honestly the optimist in me wants to say that you know there are enough of enough of the activists and right. people out here that actually do care enough right. to you know go gunning for it to, mm-hmm. to assist but girl after that i mean and it was everywhere everybody was saying like y'all had we had one job y'all were really one job or, or she were really like on this this the, this one topic because again the stats are so high and right. it's black women which we all know the least protected the least believed it's yes. just 
I don't know. It, yeah, well, honestly, girl, we're screwed. That's that's all I got to know. If we had any chance, that chance, that chance is gone. <laughs> that chance is, has left the building. And you know what? I can't mm-hmm. honestly, Carly Russell, I can't stand with you. I cannot stand with you in that behavior. But you know one black woman I will stand for? Kiki Palmer. Yes, Okay, ma'am. I'll stand for my, I'll stand for my girl, Kiki Palmer. Because she has been doing the thing and she has not allowed anybody to dull her shine. Even after, mm-hmm. even after people who you think love and care about her spat in her face. Yeah. Spat in her face. So we have to address the biggest elephant in the room with her in her life being that her ex-boy, I'm guessing now ex-boyfriend, I'm hoping now ex-boyfriend, went on social media and like a child decided (laughs) to rant on things that he should have discussed with his then baby mother. Well, I guess still his baby mother, but then girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, So boyfriend by the name of Darius Dalton, um, I think he's known because his brother um, played Dro on, on uh, which is Molly's boyfriend on Insecure. So that's kind mm-hmm. of where he has a little bit of a little bit of shine. Otherwise, I really didn't know. I did not know the man, but apparently, I found out that he is connected to somebody who was in the industry as well. Mm-hmm. And he decided to take upon himself and go on Twitter to then, um, I guess, quote a tweet where he saw Kiki Palmer kind of, you know, in a, in, a, in a nice little outfit that actuated her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was in the presence of Usher. I think it was Usher's concert. And, you know, she was, mm-hmm. he kind of was singing and was kind of like trying to, I guess, I think Kiki Palmer came out like as a guest star or whatever like that. So she kind of flaunted a little bit, did like a cute little dance because like Usher was singing at the time. So of, of course she's not going to stand there stiff, right? She's going to dance a little bit. And, you know, apparently that got Darius's heart a little bit in a flutter because he then he quoted, <laughs> he quoted it saying, it's, and I, I quote, it's the outfit though, dot, 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 you a mom. That, that was his, that was how he decided to articulate himself that day. So, you know, girl, I, I need to know, like, what was that about? What, where, where do we go from here with that situation? I think if he had an issue, because listen, there are some people who do want their women to look a certain way for a number right. of reasons, whether it's, I don't want you out in the streets with your behind out because right. that could draw extra attention and perhaps you would be unprotected, you know, yes. like, cause people are crazy. However, you mentioned it earlier, it could have been, that could have been an email. You know what I mean? Like it did not have to go on somebody's Twitter. And now, and now you got ate up, sir. Like that, that's why, you know, like that's pure, as they say now, simp behavior, in my opinion. It's not even so much how you felt, sir. You're entitled to your opinion to feel how, you know, whatever hurt or whatever you could have felt. Oh she's a mom the mom of my child well sir yeah. you could have had a conversation with her about that you have her phone number her leaving, you have her phone number like you know, what <laughs> ain't nobody's friend darius darius i can't darius you I, we don't know up. you we don't know you kiki Pal- i know kiki palmer okay i grew up with her on my tv so you have no pull here sir what did you yeah. think this was you thought we was gonna be rooting for you we're not rooting for you i'm sorry and the thing, like bigger yeah like and people stood like by her you know like i'm gonna stick yes. beside her everybody yes. on twitter which is now i think called x all, all over social media right stuck by kiki for various reasons um but we as a people yes. stuck by kiki and in in the same vein of sticking together, black people Ooh. on August fifth of twenty twenty three. 
oh lord stuck <laughs> together in a way that i don't think i've seen in a very 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 long time yeah um and we were all proud and i we won't we i won't even say we were proud of the violence mm. but it was just something to see an actual scene from the avengers movie Wow. Take place. Avengers. <laughs> take, Listen, take I love place. the analogy. <laughs> take place at the dock right. at River Point Park in Montgomery, Alabama. For those of you who may or may not have seen it, I'm going to hash it out again. So we had a group of white boaters that mm-hmm. were, quote unquote, attacked by a black co-captain mm-hmm. in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. But this ended up sparking... A very, very, very big brawl. Um, so the issue, you had a boat that was docked at River Point, River Point, well, I can't talk, River Point Park. Mm-hmm. And that boat was not supposed to be there. This boat was yes. carrying about five to six Caucasian men and women. Mm-hmm. And there was a bigger boat that went on whatever that river is, the Alabama River, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, they were there for a reunion. Mm-hmm. Boat full of black people, young and old. Um, mm-hmm. of age I will say mm-hmm. and the captain of the boat was for 40 to 45 minutes trying to get this boat to move so the bigger boat could dock right and it in the video footage it didn't even seem like he was being aggressive but then you right. had this this drunken Viking-esque white man come out of mm-hmm. nowhere and <laughs> tackle him and then the <laughs> then <laughs> The captain tossed his hat up in a way that was to alert any and everybody black that would come to. <laughs> it was a signal for it was a signal. Cry. It was. It was like the bat signal for black people. Um, and, you know, minutes later, you have someone, a black brother running down to his rescue. You right. had young 16 year old Aaron or Aaron. Mm-hmm who we have affectionately termed Aquaman, <laughs> Scuba, Scuba Gooding Jr., Jamichael Phelps, just to name a few, who swam, y'all. Oh Let, okay, gosh. let's hard stop right there. Mm-hmm. Your man's swam across swam. the Alabama River swam to, to freedom. <laughs> And I, honestly, you if can't. you don't, if you don't, you don't swim for, to a fight for me. I don't know. We might be done in life. We but might be done. Hmm. Anyway, this brawl, it lasted a good couple of minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody got punched off the dock. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another black brother who looked somewhere between the age of 55 and 67 came mm-hmm. over with a folding chair, which now Ooh. has its own personality on Instagram. Oh no. Um, and, and <laughs> whacked, unfor- whacked a woman, a white woman over the head. Right. I mean, and, and let me say, and I'll let, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. It wasn't the violence. It mm. really wasn't the fact that there were violence violent efforts within this fight it was just beautiful seeing us come to each other rescue and come together um because they they got they got active they they definitely got active period Um, period also i do want to mention the historical aspect of that area that dock is where slaves were sold 
mm. during those times. Um, it this the history of Montgomery. It's it's mm. one of the more prolific slave trading cities. Yes, and you know, it the black people in that area even just got their first mayor. Um, mm-hmm. As we were speaking of earlier, and right that. Alabama, man, they they've been under some uh not under heat, but there's just been mm-hmm. a lot of racial tension mm-hmm. in Alabama specifically in July, Alabama lawmakers refused to create a second majority black congressional district. So you right. just got to got to think this area is escalated. Mhm. And people are tired. And lastly, I will say I I am against the we are not our ancestors statement trope because right. I you know I feel like it's almost a little disrespectful. It is. Um and in that area baby I think the ancestors did what they needed to do. They did what they I, had to do. Think of all we've gone through over the years you've never seen this type of uprising in that okay. one instance. Okay. So I think the ancestors threw batteries in their backs. Mm-hmm. Um we are exactly <laughs> our ancestors and Period. they are pushing us forward. So no you're like you're putting it right there in terms of like all this energy, all this like heart that came in during that brawl is really the effect and the push the spirit of your ancestors at that mm-hmm. moment, right? And we don't know all the ways our ancestors fought during those times because they're not all recorded in history, correct? So right, we know right. about the underground railroad, we know about some of these big prominent things, but these were all acts of protest and mm-hmm. whether they were as in our face, like the brawl, like we saw a couple days ago, or something on a more silent and kind of covert basis, it still was a form of resistance against the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So yes, you are exactly. right with that. And I think that that is like a beautiful uh, statement that you have made. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is to see us come together. Um, again, that was, that was huge. Another yeah. coming together that I was fortunate enough to witness twice Okay, was the Beyonce twice. yes the Beyonce Renaissance tour like the expression of love mm. that Beyonce has given in this tour um of gratitude to her fans yes. just by putting on such a phenomenal show mm-hmm. the love that was felt I mean you had people like yes this see your outfit yes sir twerking mm-hmm. you know it was just the mm-hmm. love in the building and you know people debate about Beyonce and her I don't know if they debate so much about her relevance but some people just really don't bang with her and that's fine mm-hmm. as a member of the hive we do not care right. um <laughs> but it goes to show this woman is the highest t- highest grossing tour uh tour woman I know that does not make sense but <laughs> this tour has racked in or will be racking in at the end of it, five hundred million. Wow, the That's highest insane. grossing tour That's ever. So right. it goes to show, like she is that girl. She's doing it. She's one doing of it. one. I, period. Number one. You can you can hate on Beyonce, but she's still gonna keep being Beyonce. That's all I'm gonna say. All the, day. the success is gonna be there. The profit mm-hmm. is gonna be there. The influence is gonna continue to be there. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, people have their opinions, but you can't you can't you can't not see the numbers the numbers speak for itself i mean we see it so um and i'm always going to support a successful black woman who's doing her thing who who, like you know who's kind of 
making strides and continuing to represent us in a beautiful way. And Mm -hmm. it's just so sad to see that not all Black women who are in this industry are currently doing that right now. There are some who are suffering. They're taking some blows right now. And, you know, unfortunately... Mm -hmm. uh, my good girl Lizzo, she's she's going through right now. She is uh, kind of yeah. the opposite right now of what Beyonce is going through. Um, she is facing some very, very nasty allegations. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, yeah, we can say allegations because we don't know if how much truth there is to it. But I will say that it has been multiple um, former employees of Lizzo's camp um, who mm-hmm. ha- has said that she has kind of... Um, been doing this whole sexual harassment and um, also weight shaming as well as I think the other complaint was that she is creating a hostile work environment. So these are Mm -hmm. kind of complaints coming from multiple parties um, Mm -hmm. who have formerly worked with Lizzo. And honestly, it's affecting her. She was supposed to headline um, Made in America. That was supposed to be literally on Labor Day weekend. I had my tickets, girl. Me and my bestie, we was going to go. Like, because I actually, (laughs) like, I'm in, I'm in the area. I live in Philly. Like, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I just got to, you know, just get my ticket and go. Um, It got canceled. And they're talking about everybody's going to be refunded. Um, You know, she apparently, I think she was in the running for, I think it was a Super Bowl or Grammy. I have to, like, fact check that. But she was in the running to host, like, a very prominent, um, I guess, like, show or something like that and they mm-hmm. x her out from the running for that she's lost endorsements she's like lost deal like she is not doing well right now and yeah. i don't really know like what the next steps are it because i i guess i'm guessing what they're trying to do is that they're trying to wait to see what ruling is made based on these allegations before they proceed with kind of giving Lizzo anything or allowing her to continue with what she has. But I, I'm not really sure if this is the end of her career. Um, but I, all I can remember is that I know it only takes really one negative thing to happen to really significantly affect how other people see you in that industry. It happened to Chris Brown with that Rihanna situation. It happened mm-hmm. with, um, you know, what's it called? Uh, the Cosby guy. Uh, what, it only <laughs> takes one. It only takes one, you know? So it's like, I don't know if it's the end for her. And that would be that would be unfortunate um, if, say, there was no truth to these allegations. And I don't, like 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 I said, I, it's kind of strange that multiple people are saying that you did this thing and you, you didn't really do it. There ha- to me, there's always some truth. in when some when multiple people are saying the same thing, but it would be a shame if, say, she didn't really do it. And she gets her career is kind of trash for this because, like, we don't even really have that many black women in that right. kind of space really, you know, putting on and showing out. So. Yeah, girl. Yeah. I don't know. What What do you think? Well, the backlash was certainly uh, performed in a swift manner. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't take any time for it. Like you said, Made in America got canceled. Right. Um, I even the now I don't know that this was maybe this was a like a Freudian slip, mm-hmm. but the night of the Boston Beyonce show, mm-hmm. there. So she lists out names of prominent female entertainers over Mm -hmm. the years and Lizzo's name in other tour dates or tour nights was listed Mm -hmm. that night she did not say Lizzo now she did say Badu four times because Badu was coming at her about outfits and whatnot but I'm weak um yeah so I was like well maybe maybe she just left it out for the night and it has since been re-added um from the videos I've seen but yeah I mean Lizzo she's calling the stories quote unquote, unbelievable, too outrageous and sensationalized. Mm. Um, But again, you know, workplace harassment and violence 
in the industry, especially, um, I think it's sometimes or more often than not, not taken too seriously right because you know it's the industry people have this passion for the industry and if you make it it's like you almost have to take whatever but right they're they're not uh they're not letting up on this um especially now remember we've had the hashtag me too movement mm-hmm. um we've had so many so many things that have come to light over the last few years right. that are important for um or to push the narrative forward for people in these workspaces. So mm-hmm. Lizzo is not, she she's not going to be left out if things come to pass and they are very true. true. Very, um, very true. So, I mean, I do hope that things work out in her favor, but as always, if these young women were in fact, um, the, recipients of this type of behavior then mm-hmm. you know justice needs to be served it gotta be served just like our good girl carly i'm not standing for you if what you stand for is not my values that's yeah. just it's that simple yeah it happens but what are you gonna do um you know in bringing it a little bit back to health and medicine if you will mm-hmm. since we are our a health podcast Mm -hmm. something that came up recently and i would love to have a dialogue about it with you Mm -hmm. people and weight loss Mm -hmm. and what exactly we are doing in pursuing weight loss as opposed to exercising dieting um bigger than that so on the podcast, we like to highlight different health months, and this month is Digestive Tract Paralysis Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have now learned, according to CNN, that a drug that folks are using to lose weight, mm-hmm. um, this drug called Ozempic, is now mm-hmm. causing stomach paralysis mm-hmm. in the patients that are utilizing this for weight loss. Right. Let's talk about it because I know I, I would love to hear your medical thoughts. On it. <laughs> Let, let's brief them on what exactly Ozempic is and how it works and all of that. Yeah, I think that's like a great, a great point because we got to start with the facts, right? So Ozempic is known to be, I would say it serves two primary roles. Um, it's supposed to be both a drug that people who have type 2 diabetes can take um, mm-hmm. to help with, of course, their symptoms of diabetes, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's also the aspect of people who are probably severely obese or maybe even just obese and who want an aid with weight loss. So it Mm -hmm. serves kind of like two big buckets. So you have the patients who have type 2 diabetes who need a drug to help control their diabetes. And then you have people who who are seeking weight loss from a medical perspective, maybe because at this point it is affecting their health or maybe because Mm -hmm. like they're just so morbidly obese that it's it's not allowing them to live their life in the way that they want to. And it's now reached the level of medical concern. Um, mm-hmm. So Ozempic is something called a GLP-1 analog. That stands for glucagon-like peptide 1. So basically, it's basically supposed to be an analog of the hormone glucagon. Glucagon is kind of like another word for sugar. It allows us to know when we're full and all of those things. Um, so what you've basically done is you've basically created like a drug that resembles and mm-hmm. like 
is almost like glucagon. And so the primary thing that it does is one, it is something that releases insulin based on how much glucose you're taking in. So like, Mm -hmm. because the issue with diabetes, we know at least for type two diabetes is that you are insulin, you are insulin resistant. So you have insulin, but your body cannot, it's not responsive to the insulin. So versus type one where you are insulin deficient. So your body does not have enough insulin. Mm -hmm. So type two diabetes, um, the whole point is that it's going to, based on how much sugar you take in, it's going to try and aid the body in releasing the amount of insulin that it needs to process that glucose for what your body needs, you know, energy wise and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and on top of that, it also slows the digestive kind of slows the passage of food through the system. Mm -hmm. So that way your body's not producing too much glucose, because that is also an issue of diabetes is that because you don't have enough insulin, your body has too much free glucose kind of floating around in your body, and it's not processing the correct way. Um, So basically, with with all of those things, it makes sense that people are saying that they're experiencing quote unquote stomach paralysis because one of the um, functions of the drug is that it's actually supposed to slow the passage of food through your digestive system. However, it shouldn't be to the extent though that your your stomach isn't working at all, right? Like that's right. not the goal of it. And so I think that was what became the issue is that it's probably created this nasty side effect where the drug is overdoing it. And I think mm-hmm. that is the primary issue. Um, so that's the kind of the background of the drug. And it seems as if people have been complaining about this drug doing this, um, this, this kind of effect. And I think really it, it kind of leads us to this crossroads where it's like, okay, what do we do now? If you are taking this drug, let's say, let's focus on the weight loss aspect, because I think that that has, that's the, that is the use of the drug. That's probably less important. I would say mm-hmm. that, if you had the choice to, to need to, like have to take the drug or not take the drug, if it's because of weight loss, I would say there's other possible alternatives that you could take that are less harmful, less nasty, right. um, you know, versus diabetes where that one is more of like a real life concerning thing that maybe for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we have to kind of think about these things when, when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to how we look at our bodies, what are the choices that we're making and how, what are the long-term effects based on those choices that we do make? Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's like how I would summarize the whole, the whole spiel. That was a great synopsis. Cause okay. you brought up a really good point. Like the choices that we're making to get right. us to that end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I, you know, we we're in a microwave generation at this point. Um, right. People want what they want now. Right. They want the weight loss now. They want to be protected from COVID now. Like remember when um what was it? Hydroxychloroquine was yes. mm-hmm. was um flying off the shelves and not for the lupus patients that actually needed it or the RA patients that mm-hmm. actually needed it. So much yep. so there was a shortage. Well, y'all, there's now a shortage of this medication such that diabetics are not able to get their medication. Right. Um, so it's concerning. And, you know, I, I consider a lot of things public health issues. Mm-hmm. People not being able to get their medication, whether it's due to cost, access, in my opinion, is a public health concern. Period. Um, but you have weight loss clinics that are popping up left and right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in family medicine now, you know, they are treating weight loss, uh, which they should be because obesity is a chronic relapsing medical condition for what it's mm-hmm. worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it, it brings up the point, like to what extent, like, so right. 
you want to lose weight, but my grandmother can't get her diabetic diabetes okay. medication. It's kind of like, what's more important? What's more important? Um, again, out of my scope of practice, because I'm not practicing anything <laughs> above <laughs> my pay grade, because that's right. just not where I'm at right now, but something to consider. And it, it'll be great to see, you know, the trajectory of people wanting to gain back their health, which I right. think is the purpose of wanting to lose weight. Yes. But at the same time, those that really need the medication, having access to it without having to fight with, right. you know, the fact that it's not there because other people who necessarily don't want to go to the gym eat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like if you tell me you on Ozempic and you do every, any and everything, right you know you're you're in the gym mm-hmm. you're trying to eat healthy and mm-hmm. you just really hit a wall and this is your help yes i can't be mad at you but right miss me with the you going to popeyes okay and taking your injection tomorrow that would, that's frustrating so. and you know that's such a good point that you because let, let's emphasize here that ozempic if you are being prescribed ozempic as somebody who's you know defined to be obese or morbidly obese that's a last line intervention yep. it's not first mm-hmm. line first it's line not. is exercise diet control diet. um you know um possibly Maybe even like, like fentermine you know what i'm trying to say try you on some stuff okay like there's so many even maybe i'm not even sure if surgery would even come before that kind mm-hmm. of medication because there's also gastric sleeve um mm-hmm. bypass um which in some cases who even knows if that could even be safer than a pharmacological intervention so like let's let's realize that there's so many different lines before mm-hmm. we've even reached ozempic so I, i'm glad you brought up that point because that's a very yeah. um important point and you know we are not having our financial corner 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 we're today not. because we're missing our beloved alwyn but we yes. will be back next time with the okay. financial corner that is a huge part or huge segment within our show and we love it Um, But that's our show for today. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Lounge. And let us know your thoughts about the discussions we had today or access a question for a chance to be featured on consults by emailing us at podcast at snma.org. Be sure to follow the SNMA on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on upcoming events. And we'll see you next episode. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.